Star Wars 7x7 bonus episode. This is our third bonus episode talking about updates on The Force Awakens coming out of Star Wars Celebration Anaheim. Punch it, Chewie. Feel a disturbance in the Force? It's Star Wars 7x7, your daily seven-minute podcast with your host, Alan Voivod. Destiny Unleashed. Hey Rebel Rouser, Alan Voivod here with you. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. It is our third bonus episode for Star Wars Celebration and The Force Awakens. It is Saturday, um, the time that this is being recorded. It is uh, 10 o'clock Pacific Time, 1 Eastern, and I guess I have to do the math then. (laughs) It's 6 a.m. in the UK. Uh, Last night we recorded this on Periscope, the uh, second episode update, and had a bunch of people in Scotland who were tuning in and uh, and saying hello. That was really awesome and exciting, and uh, I'll say hello to everybody over across the pond for listening to the podcast. In fact, over the past couple of days, our numbers have jumped significantly, so I just want to say thank you to everybody at Star Wars Celebration Anaheim who's been hearing about the podcast and tuning in. I'm truly grateful for you and hope you continue to stay with us as we continue to broadcast seven minutes a day, seven days a week in the run-up to The Force Awakens and well beyond. And I also want to say for those of us joining internationally, we are now in 82 countries, 82 countries, which is just remarkable and humbling all at once. And I'm so grateful that you are inviting us into your earbuds or headphones or however you like to listen to it in your car stereo and whatnot. Thank you very much for joining us on this uh, incredible adventure. All right, so let's talk about Star Wars The Force Awakens and more updates coming out of Star Wars Celebration. I said this on the Periscope broadcast that we have going on right now uh, that I'm also conducting while I record this episode of the podcast, but I will say it again here for the podcast recording that we are not going to talk about any rumors or spoilers or leaks or anything like that. All the information that we are going to cover in this podcast is stuff that was released at Star Wars Celebration by official sources And anything beyond that will be speculation that is only based on stuff released from official sources. It will not be related to any rumor or spoiler leaks or other kinds of things that are floating out there in the internet ether. Um, If you want to go deeper on that stuff, it exists and we do link to it from time to time. But uh, this particular podcast, you may listen without fear of learning something that you really didn't want to learn. That is, of course, unless you just want to be entirely in <laughs> in the dark and wish you could just go into a cave until December 18th. If that's the case, well, then I'm sorry. You'll definitely not want to be listening to this, but if you're okay with the carefully parsed and released information from Lucasfilm and their associated partners with Marvel and Del Rey, then stick with us for this. So, part of the just general news news that came out today is in regard to uh, The Force Awakens novelization. Uh, There was a great funny moment at the Del Rey panel that featured uh, John Jackson Miller, who wrote A New Dawn, and James Luceno, who wrote Tarkin, and Christine Golden, who wrote The Dark Disciple upcoming novel. Also, uh, Jen Heddle and Shelley Shapiro from Lucasfilm and Del Rey, uh, respectively, were at that panel, too. And when they opened it up to questions, a gentleman came up to the microphone and, and said, Hi, uh, I'm wondering if you need people to uh, <laughs> to write for Star Wars. Uh, nobody's said anything about a novelization of The Force Awakens, and I'd like to, I'd like to offer my services for doing that. And 
Uh, I was seated completely across the room. I don't know if uh, people who were sitting right next to where that microphone was uh, being used had a better uh, feel for that situation, but they uh, toyed with the guy for a while and said, you know, what you know, kind of experience have you had and have you written? And uh, this went on for a couple of minutes. And then they finally said, you know, all right, let's do it. Come on up. And they invited him up to the panel. And, of course, it turned out, that it was none other than Alan Dean Foster, the gentleman who wrote the original Star Wars novelization and, of course, famously started the expanded universe with Splinter of the Mind's Eye. He has been brought back into the fold to write the novelization for The Force Awakens. So good on him. Congratulations to Alan Dean Foster and to all of us, for that matter, because, man, that's a that's an incredible way to connect the the uh, the past and the future by bringing the force awakens on there and they revealed at the panel today that the force awakens novelization will be released on the same day as the movie comes out december 18th 2015 but only as an ebook it will be released as an ebook on december 18th 2015 and they will release the actual book book version in a hardcover format in an undetermined date in January of 2016. But they did also mention that they would be releasing the book with other quote-unquote goodies, uh, if I remember that correctly. I think that's the note I, yeah, that's the note I have scribbled here in my notebook. Um, other goodies uh, related to The Force Awakens, possibly uh, still photos of things that we did not see in the movie or will not see in the movie, I guess I should get my uh, <laughs> my tenses correct in that regard. So that was very exciting to hear. So new novelization coming and it will not ruin anybody's experience of The Force Awakens. Tangentially related to that, at the Marvel panel um, today, they also announced news that they will be doing a an adaptation of The Force Awakens for Marvel Comics. However, they will not be doing that in advance of The Force Awakens either. That will be happening in 2016. So no spoilers on any regard whatsoever. It's not going to be happening for the book, for the comic books, or even for Star Wars Battlefront that some people said was uh, possibly the case. So... Um, the other thing to share with you, going back to the Del Rey panel, is that the whole Journey to the Force Awakens project that's happening, uh, starting off with uh, Aftermath, the novel, the first novel in a trilogy by Chuck Wendig, that's coming out on September 4th, but what uh, Jen Huddle from uh, Lucasfilm revealed today was that September 4th, which is the day that Aftermath comes out, is also the date that uh, 20 different books around The Force Awakens journey will be coming out on that day specifically. And uh, when asked about <laughs> about all 20 of those, um, there was a laughter. And at the panel, they revealed that uh, you know some of those things are going to be like picture books and sticker books, but that six or seven of the 20 that get released are going to be... Um, are going to bear on the events between uh, uh, Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens and actually have, you know, canon-related things that we need to be paying attention to if we want to uh, understand and hold the whole story of what happens between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens leading up to it. So that was uh, particularly fascinating news. And one other thing they announced is that they are combining in in one bundle the... New Dawn book and the Tarkin book, and want to show it in a in in a, a different light. They are combining it into a bundle called Rise of the Empire, 
And in addition to those two books, they are going to be releasing a whole bunch of original short stories that will be packaged along with it, including one that they said bears specifically on Aftermath, the uh, Chuck Wendig novel. So all of that good stuff is going on with uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens and the journey leading up to it. Um, they did announce also that Shattered Empire uh, has gotten its uh, its writer, Greg Rucka, and illustrator. Um, I'm, now I'm going to have to dig for the name on the illustrator, unfortunately. Um, I will get that and put that in the uh, in the blog post for the show's episode at SW7x7.com. But uh, that comic series is, uh, is in the works right now already, which is pretty awesome. And let's see. Alan Dean Foster was asked at the panel... If he had to describe in one word what he thought of The Force Awakens, what would it be, considering that he has seen the whole dealio, he knows what's going on. And his one word is, drumroll please, fun. There you you go. Uh, That was, that's in a murmur of excitement through the room, and I think that's kind of everything that, that we wanted to hear, and I think everything that we felt when we saw the trailer on Thursday, so it continues to be a wonderful ride around The Force Awakens here at Star Wars Celebration. Now, the other thing I want to talk to you about has to do with The Force Awakens exhibit. And first of all, I just want to say that I'm a a little bit bummed, (laughs) to say the least, that um, with, uh, with that exhibit... We weren't able to give um, we weren't able to give you a periscope look in on that because we tried it and we kept getting uh, the connection is too poor notices inside the exhibit room. So I wonder if that was on purpose. You know, how could they be jamming us if they don't know that we're coming? <laughs> of course, they knew they were coming. Uh, they knew that tens of thousands of people were coming. Oh man! In fact, celebration today. Uh, if you if you were listening and you were not there, then oh boy, celebration today, Saturday, compared to what Thursday and Friday were, was absolutely nuts. Absolutely nuts. The lines went all the way around the convention center <laughs> in general, and that was just on the outside. The inside queue had tens of thousands of people. I cannot imagine how many people were there today. But I finally got my crack at the Force Awakens exhibit, which was super exciting, and I'm going to post photos and uh, video at the blog post for this show's episode at SW7x7.com, and we'll also share it on our social media channels. If you're not following us there, then please do check out Facebook.com slash SW7x7. The Instagram feed is also SW7x7, and our Twitter handle is actually SW7x7podcast. So uh, do check those out. I'll give you fair warning, though, on the SW7X7 podcast feed on Twitter. That does contain uh, links to stories that can occasionally include uh, rumors and spoilers and whatnot. So uh, following our podcast account on Twitter is one of those uh, spoiler-at-your-own-risk kind of situations. So fair warning to you. Anyway, let's talk about a few things that were revealed in the Force Awakens exhibit. Um, One of them has to do with the concept art of Finn that they put on display. So they have uh, John Boyega's costume, uh, the jacket, which presumably is the um, jacket and and pants and other outfit that he gets to wear after uh, after he gets out of his Stormtrooper armor. So he has the uh, the jacket and whatnot, and in the concept art, strapped to the left side of his jacket is a lightsaber. 
I'm going to let that sink in a second. Stratu's jacket is a lightsaber. So, oh boy, what do we make of this? Um, I will tell you that if you wanted to go into rumor and spoiler land, there are um, there are things out there that exist that that suggest where you know where this comes from or why. But you know, one of the big questions. So we're not going to touch on that again. Fair warning. You know, we're not going to. I'm saying fair warning, but it's not what I really mean to say. What I mean to say is that uh, don't panic that we are not going to be sharing any of that information. We're just going to be presuming that all we know is that there's a lightsaber in his pocket, and he's happy to see us. But beyond that, we don't necessarily know for sure. We're still wondering how the heck he got that lightsaber, where is it coming from, and if he's got it in that jacket, you know, does he find the lightsaber on Jakku somehow, or... Is it, you know, or is this his outfit that he wears to other planets once he gets off Jakku and he, does he not get the lightsaber until afterward? It's kind of, you know, it's still an open question, but fascinating that he ends up with the lightsaber. And that whole question of what Mark Hamill slash Luke Skywalker is talking about in the in the new teaser trailer that came out on Thursday uh, when he's talking in the voiceover of, you have that power too. Um, we've talked about whether it's in the Skywalker family. I mean, it would seem to make sense that it's in the Skywalker family, that this is uh, that you know the person that we don't yet know um, to whom is being referred is actually being referred, that it is a Skywalker family member. And John Boyega, um, you know, like uh, circumstances notwithstanding, does not appear to be a Skywalker family member. Um, so hard to say whether, I mean, I think it's safe to say uh, that, it's probably not him that's being referred to in that voiceover. Um, that's my that's my supposition. But the finding of the lightsaber is really kind of interesting. Um, did he have that when he crash landed on Jakku? Did he pick it up on Jakku, or did he pick it up somewhere else? Um, and uh, what implications does that have for whoever is the new force sensitive person? These are all big questions that are being raised uh, by the trailer and by the exhibit itself. Um, the other thing that's been going on and hotly debated is the new terms of uh, the new terms of for the groups that we're seeing inside the Force Awakens. Um, the phrase First Order Stormtrooper and First Order Snowtrooper and First Order Flame Trooper were laid out inside the journey to uh, <laughs> the journey to the force awakens exhibit i was just about to say i guess it, technically it is um the exhibit that has costumes and props and models from the force awakens so those are the plaques that were present on the on the museum like displays of the three different uh, trooper uniforms that we saw. Now we've all seen the the standard stormtrooper ones. Those are the ones that we saw in the teaser trailer, and those were the guys that also walked on stage at Star Wars Celebration on Thursday. Um, that was pretty exciting, and we had about ten of them if I if I were if I was counting correctly. And those guys have also been walking around um, Celebration in the exhibit hall and whatnot. And uh, I got to talk with one of them briefly and he said that it was just a lot of uh, long hours of work but that he was really excited to be wearing that uh, that trooper armor and yeah if you see these guys at celebration like 
this is a brand spanking new shiny armor. Like it's just, it looks incredible. It looks beautiful. Um, none of that, uh, none of the flame trooper or snow trooper armor is uh, is walking around. I actually talked to somebody who was uh, trooping, who was staring at the 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 flame trooper armor and saying, "Yeah, I'm not going to be doing that because I don't want to be carrying around that giant gun at Star Wars Celebration." There's a huge thing that's connected to the uh, um, to the tanks. On the in the stormtroopers back, the flame troopers back for uh, incinerating folks, and yeah, that looks like it would be a pretty intense, <laughs> intense 501st Legion costume. But uh, I think it'd still be crazy fun to see at some event before the Force Awakens debuts. So um, hey, you know, 501st uh, <laughs> that and the snowtrooper one. Can't wait to see that getting in play, and also a Novos for that matter, which has been exhibiting at Star Wars Celebration. They've got. The old school snow uh, snowtrooper on display at their um, at their big booth in the exhibit hall, but you know I think it's time for them to get cracking on the new uh, the new stormtrooper armor, uh, the new flame trooper and snowtrooper armor specifically, since they are already put out the uh, the regular old the regular old <laughs> not old by any stretch, but the regular uh, the regular new stormtrooper armor. The Snow Trooper and Flame Trooper, and also the regular Storm Trooper as well, had plaques that went along with their costume displays, and those plaques are very revealing. Um, the here, I'm going to actually read it to you. The First Order Stormtrooper, um, the thing that goes with it says, equipped with sleek armor and powerful weapons, the Stormtroopers enforce the will of the First Order. So, first of all, that tells us right away that that whole First Order thing, First Order Stormtrooper, that phrase that's used and that's been quoted uh, in and around various internet uh, outlets, it's not, a, it's not a type of Stormtrooper. It is, in fact, the name of the organization that the Stormtroopers belong to. So, some people are saying that this is what the Empire is now. Possibly it's been um, taken over by something else and it's not exactly the Empire. We don't necessarily know for sure. But tying this into the Force Awakens trailer, there are things that we cannot see quite clearly. But there are other mysteries that are being opened up as, as, uh, as a result of that trailer being released. So probably something that um, most people didn't see in looking at the trailer when we have all of those new stormtroopers on that, um, you know, wherever they are, that snowy planet, uh, where they turn around and f- and face toward the camera, and you see the giant banner on, you know, hung- hanging in the background. That's the new emblem of the of the first order. Um, you know, the visual eye candy of the stormtroopers turning around kind of distracts from the fact that if you look carefully underneath that flag, there is a platform. Up way high, up way high in the back, and there's somebody in black who is standing center stage on that big platform back there, and there are people to the left and the right as well. So something is happening. That is some big kind of ceremony, and not just for the troopers themselves, but somebody is up speaking to all of these people, or you know, being <laughs> otherwise charismatic in in doing whatever ceremony is happening up there. So um, I have taken screenshots of that video and blown it up as best I can, and all I get is pixelation, so I'm not able to see who that is. I've done searches, and I'm not seeing anybody who's posting anything about uh, clear images of who is showing up 
on that platform. But just know that there is uh, there's more information there to be had. Um, also, Paul Lindbergh, who is one of our patrons of the podcast, and supports us through uh, Patreon, uh, <laughs> forwarded me <laughs> an image on Twitter. Uh, and this is really hysterical. Somebody looks like had photoshopped Jar Jar Binks into the scene where the TIE fighter is shooting up the um, the docking bay. And instead of having the one stormtrooper that goes flying, it looks like they edited him out and put Jar Jar in <laughs> as a still image, which was pretty darn funny. Um, where was I going with that? Um, hmm. Oh, uh, First Order Stormtroopers, ultimately, this is where it's going, is that that is what our new bad guy group is, at least this particular bad guy group. For all we know, there is more running around out there, but we have the First Order as the as the first order of business for the Resistance to be tackling. And we'll talk about the Resistance in a second. The other, um, the other plaques that they had were um, for Flame Troopers and for Snow Troopers. And they each also had... Uh, information descriptions about them. First of all, oh gosh, um, I cannot wait for you to see the pictures of these guys because just the armor itself is just remarkable. It's it's amazing and impressive. I'm just I'm really excited to see it in in person and active. Um, we have let's see the first order flame trooper, and we'll start with that. And this is what it says on the plaque for it. Specialized stormtroopers of the First Order, flame troopers carry incendiary weapons that can transform any battlefield into an infernal blaze. Alright, so of course we saw those flame troopers in the trailer, in the new teaser trailer for The Force Awakens. Um, very quickly, they were real like smash cuts in, in the trailer where we saw... Um, I don't think we really saw it in that first one where Kylo Ren uh, slams down his lightsaber um, right before then we see Daisy Ridley and John Boyega running away from the uh, the building that gets uh, blasted by TIE fighters. But um, in that next, uh, in that later frame where uh, Kylo is looking away from the camera but suddenly turns around to look at the camera and jams his hand out to do some force action, if you look in the background... Um, the troopers are there and uh, torching stuff up. So um, that's you know that's our first look at the flame trooper. When we didn't get to see the snow trooper, unfortunately, in the in the trailer, uh, even though we were on a planet where it looks like they should have had snow troopers on there. Um, that was the uh, the one where all the the stormtroopers turned around on the dais and there was that person in the background. But um, that was a snowy planet, but no stormtroopers. So. Now, of course, then the question is, is that Hoth? And, well, let's put it this way. Um, I'll go out on a limb and think that it's probably not going to be Hoth just because they have already shown a uh, a predilection for not necessarily going to the same planet. Like The fact that uh, it's not Tatooine, it's Jakku, is uh, an encouraging sign. Although... You know, I guess I kind of responded with mixed feelings to that. On the one hand, I was kind of interested in, in hearing that it was a new planet. And on the other hand, uh, Tatooine has appeared in five out of six of the Star Wars movies. And it seems like it's a, a really important touchstone for the movies. So I think it would be really great to be able to revisit it again. And uh, hopefully we will. Hopefully we will. But uh, not this time around, at least, as far as we know, unless they surprise us and bring us back to Tatooine at some point. Um, 
So that was the deal with the Flame Trooper. So now let's talk about the Snow Trooper. And the plaque on the uh, the display for the Snow Trooper says, First Order Snow Trooper. And here's the costume description. It says, The latest generation of cold-weather assault stormtroopers. Snow Troopers wear advanced insulated armor and helmets that reduce the glare of icy terrain. Now, as opposed to the um, the flame troopers, uh, they actually had, along with the costume, the you know giant uh, flamethrower gun and the backpack that had um, all of the uh, uh, the fuel for their uh, for their uh, for their flame troopers. That had um, they didn't have weapons for the snow troopers. They were just the actual um, the costume itself and the backpack that they have on. So. Um, yeah, that's uh, that was a little bit of a bummer, but that's okay. Um, you know, those are things that you can live with. Uh, still, very psyched to see the uh, the snowtrooper outfit just in general. That was really remarkable. All right, so let's talk about the resistance now, shall we? And that's revealed in the plaque that accompanies the X-wing starfighter that they have on display at the Force Awakens exhibit. Now, here is the text from that uh, plaque that accompanies it. It says, uh, "Resistance X-wing fighter." The modern incarnation of a classic design, the Incom T-70 X-Wing fighter, is the signature combat craft of the Resistance forces in their fight against the First Order. All right. So, lots of new information there. First of all, the T-70. And if you are familiar with the original trilogy, uh, and by familiar I mean if you got geeky like I just did a moment ago um, while we were off, off microphone... Uh, you'll know that the types of X-Wings that were in the attack on the Battle of Yavin were T-65 X-Wing fighters. So uh, I guess it makes sense that uh, 30 years down the line, um, after Return of the Jedi, that we should have a new model by now. So that's the um, that's the T-70 X-Wing fighter that we have on display, which is, uh, as the uh, description on Wikipedia says, more reminiscent of Ralph McQuarrie's drawings and looks wicked cool. And we did mention this in last night's uh, broadcast, the uh, bonus episode number two of the uh, the Force Awakens update f- from Star Wars Celebration. But if you look very carefully at the astromech socket, then you'll see a droid that looks very much like BB-8. And you know, I tried to look inside the cockpit, and I can't quite tell if uh, the little figure inside the X-wing looks like Oscar Isaac. Like it's not, uh, it's not that detailed enough. But you can certainly tell the difference uh, in you know astromech heads, and it sure looks like they have uh, integrated a different kind of astromech socket on the T-70 here. So um, that's that. But the other thing is the resistance. So. I've been playing around with this word um, since it surfaced that um, the resistance might be you know the name of the organization of the good guys and how does that differ from the rebel alliance or the rebellion or you know, anything like that and you know at first I found it wanting and then the more I've been thinking about it um, and you know what maybe this is one of those things where <laughs> emotion comes in first and then you're justifying it on logic afterwards but um, I've been thinking of, say, like the French Resistance, for example. You know that there's historical precedent for um, major, uh, major political and wartime movements that use the phrase "the Resistance." So, um, this is a, a. I think this may actually end up working. And I think kind of the big question for all of us is just, what does it mean in terms of the whole 
the whole scope of the galaxy. I mean, you know, there are pockets of resistance, like people use that phrase, um, in different planets and different star systems across the galaxy. But, you know, is it an organized rebellion or, you know, what is going on? This suggests that the uh, the Rebel Alliance are the underdogs again, um, or, you know, what used to be the Rebel Alliance. Um you know, when you also then tie it into the information that we got about Star Wars Battlefront, that the uh, first playable downloadable content level is the Battle of Jakku, and it talks about um, how there was a crucial uh, engagement after the Battle of Endor when the New Republic um, faced off uh, holdouts or faced off against holdouts of Imperials on Jakku. So we know that there was a New Republic. And, you know, that that was established after Return of the Jedi, but now we're dealing with a resistance. So is the Republic, is the New Republic still in place? Did it crash? Like, what happened? What happened? We're really going to have to dig in to those, um, to those novels starting with Aftermath to see what kind of state the, uh, the galaxy far, far away was in by the time it got to The Force Awakens. Because it seems like it's been through some serious upheaval. And I guess you would have to expect that there would be um, major areas of Imperial resistance throughout the galaxy. I mean, they kind of touched on that sort of thing in the expanded universe in the first place. And it looks like we're going to see something like that again. But you have the resistance as your good guys. because, And I think it's safe to say that that's where, I mean, that's where Princess Leia is probably part of whatever resistance this is. Because... In the panel on Thursday morning, Oscar Isaac said that he had been sent on a mission. Uh, his character is sent on a mission by, quote, a certain princess, unquote. And that's his X-Wing, the uh, the T-70 that we see on display with BB-8 in it. So um, I think it's fair to say that our, you know, the side we're rooting for is definitely the resistance again. None of you, uh, none of you cheering for the First Order, all right? So... Um, that's going to do it for all of the stuff from the Force Awakens exhibit, and we will wrap this bonus episode up in just a minute. Hey, Rebel Rousers. Do you have a dock that you drop your phone into to play podcasts or stream music? I do, and it was supposed to make my life more convenient, but I have to walk over to it every few minutes for phone calls or text messages or to clear out notifications announcing that my troops were finished training in Star Wars Commander. But then we got the cool stream duo, a little device that plugs into the 30-pin adapter on our music player and connects to my phone via Bluetooth. And voila! I've freed my phone from the dock while the podcast plays on. It's inexpensive and it works. Check it out at coolstreamduo.com. All right, well, that's just about going to wrap things up for bonus episode number three from Star Wars Celebration and The Force Awakens. Thank you so much for listening. And if you are not a regular listener to the podcast and you just caught up with us through Celebration Anaheim, then please do consider subscribing to the podcast via iTunes or Stitcher or your favorite podcatching app. We are Star Wars 7x7 in search, and you can also check us out on our various social properties, uh, starting with SW7x7.com, and you can get links to all of those different um, properties there. And if there is news about The Force Awakens that comes out on day four of Star Wars Celebration on Sunday, then we will do another bonus episode for you. Otherwise, uh, if not, then this may be it for the bonus episodes for Star Wars Celebration. So again, thank you so much for tuning in and for uh, helping us get to you know the biggest numbers of downloads that we've ever had for the podcast. I'm so grateful and inspired by all your feedback that I've been receiving here in 
in the uh, the Periscope things. I just someone had a thank you for sharing note on there, and thank you so much for posting that. I really appreciate it. For all the great feedback on the Periscopes and the Meerkats that we've been posting, as well as the great feedback that I've gotten in person at Celebration 2. It's really heartening and heartwarming, and I tremendously appreciate the support. And I will add one last thing. Uh, if you are inclined to put a dollar in the metaphorical tip jar, then please do check us out at patreon.com slash SW7X7. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash SW7X7. If you're familiar with Kickstarter and Indiegogo, uh, it's a similar kind of situation, except it's designed to help fund ongoing creative efforts. And if you go beyond the tip jar to a cup of coffee, uh, or a sandwich or the equivalent thereof, then there are rewards that will await you for that kind of contribution and support. So thank you in advance for considering it. Please do check it out. And once again, thanks for listening. I'm Alan Voivod, your Star Wars 7x7 host, and may the Force be with you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Star Wars 7x7. The Force is my ally, and so are you, when you give Star Wars 7x7 a great rating or review on your favorite podcasting app. It means a lot, especially in helping me be discovered by more heroic people like you. For show notes, swag links, and our Star Wars breaking news Twitter feed, go to SW7X7.com. It's not a trap. It's destiny unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, and all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2014 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it! Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.